Hello, welcome to Spencerville Church and to our weekly Sabbath school. In bad things, there are good things come out of this, and, and uh, we've been in this horrible season of COVID-19, but one of the good, that, the good things that has, that has come out of it for me personally is my opportunity, Frank, to spend time with you right. and uh, to get to know you a little better. I feel the same. Thank you. But also to, uh, to learn from you, and I appreciate it, and to bounce ideas off of each other. Frank, we are now on Lesson 10. So we are in the home stretch, that's right, so to speak. I remember when we when we when we first started this, we thought to ourselves, "Well, um, we'll do a few a week, and then we'll we'll see how we get there." Uh, yeah, now it's gone on and on and, and on. Yeah, and I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it as well. I've enjoyed the opportunity. I'm I'm sorrowful to the world church that you are not getting to bless them as you travel as you normally do. Um, but I am grateful that you are here. And in fact, you're still blessing the World Church, though, because mm -hmm. we know that these videos are being uh, viewed around the world, mm -hmm. and God is using them. And so uh, if you are somewhere in another part of the world and you're watching this, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. And we'd encourage you to share these videos with far <laughs> and wide. If they're a blessing unto you, then share that blessing with someone else as well. As always, I want to remind you, that this is just to supplement your own study because we don't go line by line. We, we take out some of the pieces that, that intrigue us most, that, that challenge us most, that cause the most maybe questions at times uh, or maybe raise up our passion mm -hmm, the most. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so we would encourage you yourself to, to study because there might be other things that, that yes, hit you in a different yes, way. Yes. And God wants to speak to each one of us through his word, and uh, not just through what someone else says about his word. Mm. So make sure you are picking up your Bibles and uh, studying along as well. So lesson 10, how to interpret scripture, and we'll begin with uh, Frank praying for us. Dear Jesus, we want to reflect on history and the meaning of history and why history is so important and how the Bible is connected to history and what we can learn from that relationship between faith and history and what it all means for our own personal lives. And so we invite your presence for this discussion and the dialogue we have and we ask that you will lead our thoughts and guide our thinking. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now in this lesson on the Bible as history, there is a lot of um, interesting things related to archaeology and, uh, and evidence that is found in old manuscripts and all these things. Neither of us are experts on those things. Now, I shouldn't say, we're probably not experts on anything, but neither of us are, are even close to experts on these things. Uh, but we want to... Um, still touch on some things that hit us. And I want to begin, there's a line at the beginning of the very first, page, on the very first page, page 80, yours and mine, page mm -hmm. 124. And it touches on something that you made the point about last time. And I think it's a good place for us to begin as we talk about history. So why don't you break that down, uh, Frank? Well, yeah, it's, uh, the Bible and history has a very intriguing connection. You know, why is history important at all? Mm -hmm. I think history is important 
for several reasons. Because um, history really is, is the fabric of our life. Our life is rooted in history. There would be no life, no human existence without history mm -hmm. and our decision to shape history and to, 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 to go along in history. Uh, history is um, important because um, it moves forward. Mm -hmm. It's not cyclical. That's what I mentioned in the last uh, lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a goal towards which history is moving, and the Bible tells us about that. So there is meaning in history. Yeah. History is not just... Uh, nobody knows where it's going, how it's evolving, where it's ending. So there's a perspective that gives meaning to life and to what we are doing. And uh, so that, that linear unfolding of history, I think, is, is very important and intriguing. One of the things you guys say in this lesson right here in this very first page, which, which really struck me, it was one of the quotes that I, that I clung to or that caught my attention as I was studying this lesson. When we think about history, we think about oftentimes we use history to try to prove something probably prove that this is reality or this is what was. But you guys write, the Bible assumes the existence of God who personally acts in history. It does not try to prove that existence. Yes. It assumes the existence of God who acts in history rather than using history to try to prove yeah. the existence of God. Talk about that because I feel like we do get into a lot of debates as people trying to use history to prove God, how do we balance those things? Because even in some of this lesson, the, one of the reasons why this struck me, Frank, is because in some of this lesson, it's almost like then you're using history to prove yeah. some aspects of that. And so, so, so and that, that. that certainly is a, is a legitimate way to, to deal with some of the historical facts. There is a danger in that, however. The, same, the other side of the same coin, so to speak, is you know that there are some historical facts that seem to disprove the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so we like to use archaeology to prove the trustworthiness and reliability yeah. of the Bible. But if you go into the archaeological discussions uh, that are around there, out there, you'll find that there are many um, archaeologists who come to very different conclusions. Yeah. And they... Um, they undermine even yeah, yeah. The, the trustworthiness of Scripture and the reliability of Scripture. So we should not um, depend on archaeology, yeah. per se, or on any other external source to validate Scripture. Scripture yeah. has to validate itself. Yeah. And if we can't achieve that, then we are dependent on something else beyond Scripture yeah. that... Uh, sustains our faith, and that can be dangerous. And, and you, you use that word there, that sustains our faith, and we're going to get into this more as we get into this topic, because it talks about this. Uh, history shows faith, and what we see as we explore this aspect is that, is that at some level, everything in the Bible has to be received on faith, and also including the existence of God. Because if we say, well, we'll only believe in God based on the history we've seen, then history becomes our authority, not God, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, if we only believe God based on the science we see, then science becomes authority, not God. If we only believe God on the, on the relation, relational, you know, I go to a bad church, 
and the church, the people are so mean, so I'm no longer going to be a Christian anymore because of the people. Well, then God was never your authority. The people That's right. were your authority, right? That's a good, a good observation. So we, so we, so we want to be cautious on, even as we study history, which we feel is very important, yes. to not make it the authority over Scripture. Absolutely, and that's, that's a crucial, crucial aspect to, to remember. Because otherwise, really, something else than Scripture becomes the last decisive authority in our lives. Yeah. And, and if it's not Scripture alone, then it's dangerous. Then it's dangerous. So that that's gives, gives us a launching off point, a jumping off point. And, and there is history. There's history about David and Solomon and the monarchy. And there's history about Isaiah and Hezekiah and Sennacherib. Uh, some interesting things and there. And I think these, these uh, historical details are really um, significant yeah. for, for a number of reasons because many scholars, critical scholars, have, um, have challenged the trustworthiness and reliability of the scriptures mm -hmm. uh, because they said, well, we don't know anything about this or that person or is that uh, mentioned outside of the Bible? Do we have any evidence? Mm -hmm. And yet, within the last couple years, there have been some amazing findings mm -hmm. in archaeology yeah. that really confirm yeah. that what Scripture tells us is indeed uh, trustworthy and, and correct. They and confirm can, what we had faith to believe. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, it, it really has, uh, has given us strong evidence yeah. and, and reasons to believe that. It's not a, a watertight proof yeah. by any means, but uh, the faith that we have that yeah. we believe that Scripture is trustworthy is not just blind faith. We, we have solid evidence yeah. for that, and God has revealed enough that we can trust Him, and, uh, and yet there is room if you don't want to trust, you yeah. know, you have the freedom to, to, do, to that do, as well. do that as well. Now, you're a German. Mm -hmm. Have you been to the, seen the Ishtar Gate? Uh, in Berlin, yeah. yes. Uh, I've been in the museum, and it's impressive. I was going to say, is it amazing? Does, it is. It how, is, is it big? How big is it? It is huge. It's bigger than this church. And you stand there, and you imagine this is just, just, just one gate, and they have rebuilt it, and you have the, the blue color there and you have the images of the winged uh, lions. lions and uh, you walk through there and you imagine you know being uh, Daniel or some of the captives from Israel walking through these impressive buildings you know architecture really um, tells us something important you know I, I, I shall never forget yeah. when I um, was a student uh, uh, in the United States here I went to a famous university as a, a Catholic university. Notre Dame? Notre Dame. And um, I'm assuming that was because I know where our seminary is at. That is the same famous Catholic university. And they have a huge library, 13 floors, you know, and you, you enter into that library and you look at yourself and you realize you are tiny, you are small. Yeah. And there is knowledge out there that is far bigger than you. Yeah. And then you go into the library, and the top floor, you know, is, uh, is philosophy. Yeah. And then the floor under philosophy is theology. And it just tells you something important, that in their thinking, the highest authority really is 
philosophy. Is the tradition. philosophy and the tradition, and then comes wow. scripture and all the rest down there, you know, later on. I just thought you were saying, like, just the, the size of the book, all the books makes yeah, you feel And that is well. impressive, too, you know, and, and but, buildings, and even church buildings, they lift us up or they point our attention yeah, to yeah. some things. And I, I, I think that Ishtar door uh, gate. Uh, more than yeah, the door. It's, it's more than the door. It's a gate. It's huge. And uh, you go there, and this, you know, you're just in awe, you know. And, and is this is this a is this a historical museum or is it a biblical museum? What is it? I, it's I don't a, know much. It's, it's a historical. It has uh, all kinds of history, ancient Near Eastern history uh, up to modern times, and it's a huge museum there. Yeah, but that's the most impressive probably thing in there. Right? That is one. It's not the mo it's one of the most impressive. You go to a different room and you have uh, a replica of the ancient Greek temple with a big huge pillars there, Zeus, oh, wow. and and you get the impression they they knew how to build as well. Now when they uncovered this artifact, now I'm a little bit off on this Ishtar Gate thing. Uh how much of it did they discover? I mean, did they see like the lion and things? Did they, or did they have that from written records? Or do you know how much of that they got? Uh, I know you're the wrong hosel that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, sure. you should ask my cousin about. Yeah, yeah. Can about we call Michael this? up right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how uh, how they discovered that. Uh, I don't know the details. All I know is that when they discovered that, the Germans did the excavation. They were very meticulous. And they had tons of boxes and, and uh, containers with all the different uh, bricks and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and details that they uncovered there. And they shipped that all to, to Germany. When did time. they do this? When, when this was, uh, I think it was in the 19th century, early 20th century. It had to be at some point before uh, Saddam was there because uh, they were allowed to long, ship it. It was long before They were allowed to ship time, all that yes, stuff out yeah. of there. That's amazing. Sorry, I just got a little. Mm -hmm. I, I love history, so I'm, I'm not. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, mm -hmm. I enjoy history very much, and I find it all very, very fascinating. And again, like I would tell people, this is there's, there's good facts in this, but for the sake of our discussion, we we want to get to. I want to get to something we just talked about: archaeological evidence. Uh, and there's this question at the bottom of page 84. Though it's always nice to have archaeological evidence that supports our faith, why must we learn not to make our faith depend upon these things as helpful as they might at times be. And we talked a little bit about that, but that's, that's kind of a theme throughout this lesson is, is history is important, but make sure your faith's not solely built on that. History is important. The artifacts are important, but make sure your faith's not solely built on that. Yeah. You know, the archaeology is important, but make sure your history is not, yeah, your, I think your the, faith's not solely the, built the on that. The idea that the, the lesson wants to point out is that we actually do have solid evidence yes. that the people and the places and the events that are described in scripture yeah, yeah, yeah. were reporting about real people and real yeah, yeah, places. Yeah. And this is not just a, a, a mythological yeah. fantasy uh, story that the writers put down there, but uh, it reports uh, real life situations. Yeah. And so, um, you have the same for Jesus, you know. Um, how do we know about Jesus? Yeah. Basically, our most reliable sources are the Gospels. Yeah. Now, outside the New Testament, outside the Gospels, we have a few, a handful of other non-biblical authors who make very brief references to Jesus. Josephus, the, the Jewish writer is... Pliny, Josephus. And as some Roman uh, authors, 
But we would not know very much about Jesus. We would not know hardly anything about his teaching yeah, yeah. or his miracles or how he related to other people. That's part of what we find in, um, in the Gospels. But today, I, I don't know hardly anybody who, who questions the historical authenticity. historical authenticity of Jesus that he really existed. Yeah, Even yeah. Rudolf Bultmann, one of the most liberal German scholars, uh, yeah. who did not believe in in in, <laughs> in much of of what yeah, anything, <laughs> um, but he said uh, it's not worth the ink to write that Jesus did not believe uh, it did not exist. You yeah. know, it's it's not even worth the ink to to write a, a stupid idea like that. So so there is evidence yeah. that he existed as a person, and we have all evidence and reason to believe that what we find in the Gospels tells us a, a, a truthful picture about who he was yeah. and, and what he said. And some people might, you know, just what you said there, some people might say, question why there isn't more written about Jesus. And I've even heard some people speculate, oh, well, people tried to bury the evidence. We have to understand this, that when Jesus died and left this earth, he had a hundred and some followers, right? I mean, it wasn't like, the, 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 what Jesus said to the disciples is the most telling thing. Greater things, it's good for me to go away because greater things you'll do once I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And the church really exploded through the power of the Holy Spirit relaying the story of Jesus mm -hmm. post-tense. So it wasn't like Jesus started this movement and in Jerusalem and while he was still living, it was like tens of millions of people were we're following him. It started small. It started small. Yeah. A mustard seed. Mustard seed. <laughs> and it grew from there. But it's amazing how it grew. And, and, yeah. and if you think about it. But isn't that more impressive, though, somewhat, rather than saying it was this huge thing. Yes. And then it's just carried on through history. No, it started small. And people were so committed to that small idea. They were so committed to the truth of it that, that it exploded and changed the entire history of mankind. And you cannot really explain that growth, that phenomenal growth, yeah. other than that something really must have happened that yeah. uh, shook their, shook their, their core, existence their and core, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Anyways, so let's go to faith. We, want to talk, we wanted to talk about this on Thursday and uh, this aspect of faith and history. Um, so let's talk about this. And, and, um, yeah. and, and also how... Scripture in Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, the hall of faith, as some have called it, mm -hmm. uh, uses history to teach about faith and to strengthen our faith. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm saying, like, it's this balance because yes. it's, it's history builds our faith, and yet we shouldn't build our, history, yeah. our faith totally on history. Yeah. And yet the Bible itself uses history to build our faith. Yeah, here, here's, here's the interesting thing, uh, one interesting thing, you know. Faith and history, the Bible and history, are closely intertwined and connected. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because God is a God who is active in history, who, um, who moves in history, mm -hmm. who reveals the future of the history. Mm -hmm. And that makes history the connecting point to test the truthfulness of God's word. Mm -hmm. See, if God... 
gives us prophecy, if he tells us what will happen, nobody knows history, the future of history. I mean, yeah. we know the past. We can study the past and gain a halfway reliable understanding of what took place in the past. But nobody, uh, not, not even the best scholar, can predict anything that will take place mm -hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. God alone knows the future. And it, it is one of the typical characteristics of God's nature that he alone is able to tell what will take place. Mm -hmm. And he says, you can test me by this. You yeah, know, yeah. I will tell you ahead of time. Yeah. And then when it will be fulfilled, he says in the, in the prophet Isaiah, you will see that, uh, that my, my yeah. work is true. So this makes history the testing point for the truthfulness of God's word, yeah. which is marvelous. Yeah. At the same time, it makes history the, um, the entry point to question the truthfulness of Scripture. And this, and, and this is this that, balance. This is what we see. You know, on the one hand, God gives evidence after evidence that helps us to believe that his word is tr truthful and trustworthy. Yeah. And yet we see that the critics of the Bible yeah. start, they don't start with the big questions normally. Yeah. They start with the little historical questions. Yeah. And they say, oh, you see, this is just a this historical fact. This is not fact. quite accurate. It's yeah. not quite accurate. And then with that, you know, they question other things and other things and other things. And history becomes the entry wedge, so to speak, for skepticism and, and, and doubt. That's yeah. perhaps the better word about other uh, statements in scripture. You could say that God allowed this to be this way so that we would have to always be fully dependent upon him and never on our own intellect. Yes. Right? And he certainly permitted that and allowed for that. Yeah. And I think he allowed for that because there is freedom as well and he doesn't, he doesn't force anything upon us. But even the Bible is written, the, the historical references in the Bible, like you said, well, somewhere there's some slight discrepancies. It's because God, it goes back to what we've talked about before, that God inspired the writers and even inspired the words, but, but he did not take over them as robots. And he wrote the Bible through men in the context of their observance of history. Right? I mean, yes. there, there's, it's just like, it's just like you and I, you and I talking even. We've talked about certain subjects on camera, but off camera as well. And I'll say, well, this or this. And you'll say, well, I don't know if I see it that way. You, you and I have observed the same exact event, mm -hmm. you know. Maybe we've, I won't mention what it was, but we've been at some meetings. And we'll maybe have been at the exact same meeting. And I'll say, I don't know why they did this. And you'll say, well, yeah, I don't know if I saw it quite that way. We're the same thing, but we would report it. If we hadn't talked, we would report it in totally different and, ways. And, yeah, absolutely. And there, see, here comes another important uh, aspect to that, to the same thing. You know, history in and of itself, historical events in and of its themselves, um, do not have the power to explain themselves. So you need, they need to, an interpreter? You, you need you need God's revelation to yeah. tell you the true meaning of what took place. Let's take let's take the cross where Jesus was crucified. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what what is the meaning of the cross? It's an historical event. Yeah, he was nailed to the cross, so you 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 can fix that a uh, certain place, no certain doubt, time. Yeah. So 
you know, but in, in the Roman Empire, you had thousands of crosses where people were nailed to the crosses. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are stories, very cruel stories, where the Romans had, uh, had the whole way, the Appia, the road to, to lined Rome, with. lined up with, with thousands of crosses where they had uh, all their enemies nailed to the cross. So what difference is that cross where Jesus hang Mm -hmm. to, to all the other crosses that were existent in uh, the Roman yeah. Empire. And what, what difference does the man, Jesus, make between the other two men who were also yeah. crucified with Speaking him? Speaking of which, though, that's why it talks about when people were passing by. People are saying, well, how could they just pass by when these people are hanging there dying? Because it was a part of their life. They're, they're, so the historical afraid. fact, the historical evidence in and of itself doesn't tell us very yeah, much. Yeah. We need God's revelation Scripture to tell too. us the significance and the meaning of that particular cross yep. for our salvation. Otherwise, we would not know. Amazing. Exactly. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's, that's the whole point, though, back to, like, the Scriptures give context to history. Yeah. Ellen White's statement that we read in the last one, that, that all of history is understood best through the Bible. Yes. That yes. gives context to it. Uh, and we're here in Hebrews 11. So let's talk briefly about Hebrews 11. And uh, um, and this is, again, the faith chapter. And mm -hmm. we're told these historical things. But they, they talk about, it talks about their own experience, but also that they were anticipating future histories that, and they built their, they built their faith on ideas that had not yet happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A history that had not yet been but somewhat now that we have experienced at times, right? Am I making sense of what I'm saying there? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the beauty of chapter 11 in Hebrews is really that we have a, um, a line of people, men and women, that are heroes of faith. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all need that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we need uh, examples to follow. We and need, some of them are very flawed examples, which is also some beautiful. There are very <laughs> flawed examples, and not everyone had a glorious ending. Yeah. You know, we... Samson. We, yes, and, and uh, later on in chapter 11, uh, Paul tells us, uh, you know, some suffered for Christ, and they even died. Not, mm -hmm. not everybody was the victorious champion who, yeah. who came out fine at the end, but some really um, had a tough time. And, and they are listed as heroes of faith as well, and we need their stories as well. So you have uh, the victorious um, people who defeated the enemies mm -hmm. and conquered mm -hmm. kingdoms and, uh, and were marvelous in, in, in their faithfulness, mm -hmm. and you had those who were faithful and yet suffered, yeah. were faithful and were put to death, and were faithful and were not healed. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they were just as faith heroes as the others. Yeah. And so we cannot just um, tell by the success in one life, you know, yeah. the apparent out success that this person is a, a champion of, of faith and the yeah. other person is not. No, God looks at these things with different eyes. Yeah. But we need all those stories. And, and it's, it's called the Hall of Faith and yeah. Fame. Uh, but faith and, and because we are remembering what God has done in the life of these people. Yeah. And in remembering what God has done in history yeah. and in the lives of these people, it instills something in your own yeah. life and in your own history 
that keeps it alive and and uh, makes it real. Let's expound on that, because because and we'll we'll end with this, Frank. History doesn't end with those heroes of faith. And and what is talk about it in our modern context, and what uh, an application for us in the here and now and how we view history and, and, and our relationship to it and our relationship well, to our reality. Well, one important thing that, 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 that I'll take from this lesson is that it is important that things actually took place and that things actually happened. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, history would not make sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is a big difference between um, what I could do and might do yeah and whether I actually do it, yeah. and whether it actually happens. And uh, in the Bible, the people, uh, the biblical writers mention, and the events they mention, were not just uh, fictitious uh, events that were made up in, in the imagination uh, of the writers. Mm -hmm. They actually took place, and that gives those people and events special meaning yeah. and credibility. And I, um, I look at my own family. You know, in my, my own family, um, as a child, I loved to hear stories. I mean, we all love stories yeah, yeah. because we identify with, with the story and with individuals in the stories. And I still remember my grandmother telling me stories from World War II and how God had protected them. You can read that in the, in the book, A Thousand Shall Fall. Yeah. The beauty of that book is that it's, it's actually, it happened, you yeah. know, it, it, it's not a, a makeup uh, story, it, it actually happened. And, and I would listen to those stories over and over and over again. I, I remember a little boy sitting at, literally at, at the feet of my mother, she, a grandmother, and she would tell the stories how, how God led her through a difficult situation or how God guided her through a snowstorm yeah. uh, where she would have been lost. And uh, all of a sudden, a truck driver comes and, and leads her to, to her destination. And she wants to thank him, and he's gone. Mm. And, and, you know, and, sh and she firmly believed that God sent an angel to, yeah. to rescue her and, and many other things. And you hear those stories, and it does something to you. Yeah. And when you repeat those stories to your children and grandchildren and to other people, you keep something alive in your life and in the lives of others that uh, is important where faith and history meets, yeah, you know, yeah. because it, it shows that God, the same God who was active back then yeah. at the Exodus, at uh, the crucifixion, at Daniel's den, you know, when he was thrown into the lion's den, the same God is alive today. And he, because he is, he is alive, yeah. he can help and intervene and guide you and lead you in, 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 in different circumstances today. So what I hear you saying is it's so important for us to share our own histories of faith. Yes, we share the Bible, but also our own histories of faith to be reminded ourselves of what God has done in our lives, but also to pass that on to generations. To others, yes. And I think that connects us to, to the faith experience of the biblical writers and the biblical men and women that we read about, and it, it also keeps alive our own experience in yeah. following Jesus. It, it, uh, it reminds me of Deuteronomy 6, where, uh, where, you know, where God instructed the, the parents of the children to 
continue to tell the stories. Tell what God has done for you in this generation and then there to tell it to the next generation and yes. the next generation. While you work, while, you, while you sleep. sleep yeah. well. Tell it, you know, tell your story basically and, and how important it is, is it for us to, because probably we let so many things go by and we don't stop and realize that was God. Yes. And if we told that story, yes. then it would seal that even more in our mind. And telling the story will help us not to forget. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm quick to forget, you know. I'm, yeah. Uh, sometimes I forget beautiful experiences that I had with God, and if I do not recount them, if I do not retell them, yeah. they will easily be lost. So when you're out there telling someone your story, it's as much for them as it is for you uh, as, to remind least, you of how God is least, working yeah. in your life. I'm just as much blessed. Praise God. Again, we thank you for being with us this morning, and we pray that this has been a blessing to you. This was Lesson 10, so we only have three more, 11, 12, and 13. Next week is... Uh, the Bible and prophecy. You don't want to miss that discussion. And um, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. And again, we thank you for joining us. Please remember, every week, take time in your word. As you study God's word, as we study the, the word of God, um, this idea of how to interpret scriptures will become more clear. But more than that, you'll fall in love with this. You'll, well, let me say this. You'll appreciate the scriptures more and more. And you'll fall in love with the God of the scriptures mm. more and more. Yes. And that's what we desire. Not just to have head knowledge, but to have a real faith experience, a real history ourselves with Jesus. Not just the history of others, but a real history ourselves yeah. with Jesus. And so I encourage that in your life. And we'll see you next time. And may God bless you.